So, Mike, I was reading this article on TikTok's new features yesterday, and something surprising has actually started to happen. All right. What's that? Well, you know how Instagram, they've been like feature pasting or feature catting. You just made those terms up, didn't you? Yeah, I was trying it out. But by your reaction, I'm guessing they're not going to stick. Maybe they'll grow on me, but go on. Okay, okay. So, you know, they're always copying features from like Snapchat, right? They've been trying to chip away at their moat and now more recently copying TikTok. Yeah, and and to some extent it's kind of worked, right? Yeah, Snapchat's US growth is basically halted. It's even predicted to decline this year. And so it's impressive considering Instagram just flat out copied parts of the experience. And well, I don't know, old people like us, we didn't want to download Snapchat or TikTok. So we just used those same features on Instagram and we went on with our day. Yeah. And thus the moat was defeated, right? And we're seeing the same trend now with TikTok. Some say it's counterproductive. Others say that it leads to innovation. So Yeah, let's dig into all this more. All right, right after we roll those credits. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. And a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. 
We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us, go to gigantic.is, that's gigantic.is, and save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. So copying features... It's nothing new to the world of business, right? That's true. Like we look at the rivalry between Apple and Samsung, right? Apple introduced the iPhone in 2007. Samsung quickly followed on with their smartphone, the Galaxy. Both companies have continued to release new and improved versions of their smartphones. With each new release, they're kind of incorporating features and design elements that are very similar to each other. They're kind of just going back and forth. Or going back further, there's Coke and Pepsi, right? Where each company has often introduced new flavors and varieties similar to the other companies offering. Yeah, you remember Vanilla Coke and Pepsi Vanilla? There's a new vanilla in town. Introducing Pepsi Vanilla, the perfect blend of cola and vanilla. That's not so vanilla. Of course, what a wild time, right? <laughs> so we all know social media has exploded in popularity, right, over the past couple of decades. And now it's basically an ingrained part of our lives. Yeah, maybe too much so, right? Yeah, yeah. We use it to connect with our friends, family, colleagues. We share our thoughts and experiences. We build businesses on it now. And then we keep up with the latest news and trends. It's kind of a catch-all for society. And at the heart of this social media boom are the platforms themselves. I mean, today it's... Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. There's many others, right? Each starting their own unique features and user base. But have you ever noticed that like when one introduces a new feature, all the other platforms kind of follow suit with their own versions of the same feature? We see it all the time, whether it's Instagram adding a new post type, right? Like copying Snapchat's first stories, now TikTok's reels, um, or TikTok introducing new ways to edit video that kind of mirror the, what uh, Instagram was doing. Yeah, I've even seen LinkedIn stories. That's and I, right. I, I've seen some features <laughs> from very weird platforms, right? So, totally. But why do these companies do this, right? Like, is it simply a matter of keeping up with the competition or, or is it more than that? Yeah, there's some interesting business and psychological reasons behind why these companies do it that we're going to talk about. And let's not forget, I mean, these are businesses at the end of the day. They're trying to make money and attract users. So when one platform introduces a new feature that proves to be popular, it does make sense for others to at least try to copy it in order to keep up with the competition and offer their users something new and exciting. Yeah, and then there's the psychological aspect aspect of the phenomenon. Right. Like when one platform adds a new sticker or filter, we're all like, well, where's my sticker? Where's my filter? Right? <laughs> exactly. One of the biggest features that Instagram had copied from Snapchat is that stories feature. And this allows users to post photos and videos that all of a sudden disappeared within 24 hours. People only post the highlights of their life on Instagram. So today, the app added its own version of stories to poach everyday off-the-cuff content from Snapchat. It works exactly like Snapchat stories, allowing you to post 24-hour ephemeral photo and video slideshows that disappear. But since Instagram stories appear at the top of the old feed, your followers will inevitably see them without you needing to build a new audience in a different app. 
When Instagram CEO Kevin Systrom was confronted about the likeness to Snapchat, he admitted they deserve all the credit, but insisted this isn't about who invented something. This is about a format and how you take it to a network and put your own spin on it. Yeah, it's nice to hear them just say, like, yeah, we copied it. Yeah, hold up. I think I actually have a clip from an interview with Kevin Systrom himself on this. Yeah, here it is from an interview with PBS around that time. The way things work in Silicon Valley is that companies will think up ideas, and if they're good, they'll stick, and often they spread to other companies. And if we can learn from other companies that do it really well, we're going to continue to do that. As Kevin himself says, Instagram has certainly made the feature its own. They've added a lot of additional features and options to it, and then they, they integrated it arguably seamlessly onto the platform. And let's not forget, I mean, Instagram also copied Snapchat's face filters feature, which allows users to add fun and whimsical filters to their selfies. Yeah, and Snapchat, in turn, they copied some of the features from Instagram as well. For example, the uh, Geo stickers, which was popular on Instagram, and then Snapchat ported it over. Wait, what? wasn't it the other way around? Oh, was it really? <laughs> I think it was. Here's a clip from... Icona Square's YouTube from like five years ago announcing the Instagram Geo Sticker launch along with Messenger Day, another Snapchat message clone Facebook tried to pull off. Geo Stickers have arrived on Instagram stories and are gradually rolling out to all cities. New York and Jakarta are the first regions to trigger the new Geo Stickers on Instagram stories, meaning that when users visit these areas, they're presented with the option of adding location-themed stickers to their photos and videos. And Facebook has launched Messenger Day, another Snapchat lookalike. That's right, even if you don't use Snapchat or Instagram, you will still have the option of posting stories on Facebook Messenger. Oh, yeah, I guess I had that backwards. But, um, <laughs> and I don't remember Messenger Day at all. That must have faded quick. You don't remember Messenger Day? Uh -uh. Yeah, it's uh -uh. a big day. Okay. Uh, I don't know, when a social media platform introduces a new feature that's popular with users, and other platforms are going to take notice, right? They see that this new feature is generating buzz and engagement, and they want to get in on that action. By copying the feature, they can offer their users something new and exciting, which can help them, you know, retain their existing users and maybe attract some new ones too. There's also the psychological aspect of the phenomena. When we see a new feature on one social platform, we tend to almost expect it on the others. And we become accustomed to the idea that social media platforms, they're constantly evolving, they're updating, they're keeping up with each other. And I want to be able to do what I want to do on my platform of choice. It's almost like when a platform introduces a new feature, it's setting a precedent. Like other platforms, they feel the pressure to match that feature, to maintain a sense of parity and not be seen as falling behind. And then there's the issue of innovation, right? Some people argue that feature copying stifles innovation and creativity because it reduces the incentive for social media platforms to come up with truly unique and original ideas. Instead, they just spend their time implementing what someone else has already built. And I don't know that I, I can understand where that would leads to kind of a homogenization of the social media landscape. But not everybody agrees with this view. Some argue that feature copying can drive innovation because it forces social media platforms to constantly improve and refine their features to stay ahead of the competition. It creates almost like an innovation arms race that pushes all platforms to innovate and evolve. Yeah, so sometimes they're copying. Sometimes they're innovating. 
honestly, we all have these feature stake features, regardless of the industry that we work in, that we just need to provide to customers. And then we add 10% innovation on top of that. And the trick is kind of like who can refine the feature the fastest and kind of dial in that customer value. Okay, but we, we said we were going to talk about Instagram and, and TikTok specifically, right? That's right. That's right. It's interesting because it started with Instagram copying TikTok, just as Instagram now solely copied Snapchat. But recently, TikTok has actually started copying Instagram as their user growth has begun to stall. Okay, so everyone knows this, but one of the biggest features that Instagram has copied from TikTok is the Reels feature. This allows users to create short videos that can be edited and enhanced with music, filters, and other effects. And this move actually killed what you remember, like IGTV, right? Yeah, that actually was kind of cool, but it never really seemed to fit though, right? Yeah, no, Instagram launched IGTV in 2018 in the hopes that it would become the mobile equivalent of YouTube. So here they were copying YouTube. However, the longer format, it never really took off. And then TikTok launched just two months later and TikTok short form video content was definitely favored by social media users. They've had a meteoric rise. So then as Instagram saw this, they slowly started sunsetting IGTV and they kind of hit it in this announcement by the head of Instagram, Adam Masari. This week, we're announcing a number of improvements to video on Instagram. A few months ago, I announced that we were no longer just a photo sharing app, and we got a pretty significant response from all of you. But the idea here is to lean into what our community is telling us that they're interested in. And we're seeing that video is driving more and more of the growth at Instagram, and that people are continuing to tell us that they're interested in particularly short form entertaining video. So a few improvements this week. The first, and I think the most important, is that if you tap anywhere on a video and feed, it'll take you into a full screen viewer. And from there, you can actually swipe and view more video if you're interested or go back to feed. Also, we are stopping the 15 second pause that you get in feed videos. So previews of videos and feed will go up to 60 seconds, except for monetizable videos. We're also taking a look at the profile. And now what used to be called IGTV video, and regular feed video will be in one tab on the profile. More improvements to come, we still have a too fragmented and complicated system. We're trying to figure out how to reconcile reels, how to do better by vertical video, um, how to get better at ranking. So more announcements to come over the next couple of weeks, but this announcement I think is one important set of steps on a much longer path, so we're excited about it. Yeah, he kind of dances around it there, but admits that the app has once again become a little bit convoluted and kind of hard to understand. Yeah, it's interesting how they try to acknowledge the thing that everyone is thinking with yeah, a little bit of spin. It's truly a professional grade PR there. All right, well, lots more coming up, but first let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Okay, we're back and talking about the interesting developments between social media companies, Instagram and TikTok in what seems to be today as a feature arms race of sorts. Okay, so Instagram kept leaning into the TikTok app, copying some of the UI, the experience. And that project was actually a year in the making under a code project named Panavision. And yeah, I'm not sure if all of this was released, but parts of it work. I mean, Panavision was the less cluttered vision of the app that had recommended content and 
and had this immersive full screen video on the home screen, all features that are really mainstays of TikTok. And it shows just how significantly Instagram's leadership was willing to overhaul the app to counter TikTok, which had captured that cultural zeitgeist and the eyeballs of young people everywhere. Some of the other options that Instagram was considering as part of the Panavision included combining Reels, the short form video feature, and the home feed, the app's classic tool for showing users content from accounts that they follow. It also weighed removing the shopping tab and some employees working on the Panavision even discussed whether the Explore tab, which is filled exclusively with algorithmic recommendations of photos and videos, if it still made sense. All these efforts reflected a belief held by Instagram head Adam Mosseri that Instagram had become too cluttered and really should be simplified. Really, what the belief was was that TikTok was better than Instagram. I mean, they were literally just copying it. And they were doing this because TikTok is probably the biggest threat to Instagram. It had reached over a billion active users as of last September. And this is just a few years after it launched. In comparison, Instagram reached a billion users in 2018, and it may have just surpassed 2 billion in 2021, although they have not released official reports since 2018. Now, in the TikTok experience, social connections were more of an afterthought. Instead, TikTok prioritized entertaining its users with its For You page, which helps keep them glued to their screens with these short videos. Uh, its algorithm would suggest these videos that you know, they think the user wants to watch. And while there is a section that lets users watch videos from accounts that they follow, For You is really the default experience on TikTok. So as they started to roll out pieces of Panavision, well, it was a bit of a mess. Well, Elizabeth, we're talking about the CEO of Instagram here. He released a two-minute video today, prompted in part by complaints Insta super users Kylie Jenner and Kim Kardashian posted. And the reason comes down to cold, hard cash. Two separate but identical Instagram stories from sisters Kim Kardashian and Kylie Jenner asking to, quote, make Instagram Instagram again, elicited this response from Instagram CEO Adam Mosseri today, less than 24 hours after their posts. I want to be clear. We're going to continue to support photos. It's part of our heritage. You know, I love photos. I know a lot of you out there love photos, too. That said, I need to be honest. I do believe that more and more of Instagram is going to become video over time. The once photo-focused social media platform is serving up more videos from folks people don't follow in their feed. That was from a story on the Instagram fallout from KPIX. Days later, Mosseri began to backtrack on Instagram's experiments. In an interview with Platformer, he said, quote, the usage data isn't great. That was for the test, and he also said that Instagram had to improve the recommendations that it showed users. He said that the company had to take a big step back and, quote, figure out how we want to move forward with the changes. Okay, so yes, Instagram has been fairly ruthless in trying to copy anything that seems to be working on another platform that threatens their space. But most recently, TikTok has started copying Instagram. Yeah, one of those changes is the Friends tab, a feature that the TikTok app introduced in May. This allows people to see videos from people that they're connected to. Another is TikTok Now, a Be Real-like feature. Now, Be Real being a trending social platform that came out in September, which encourages users to post a single photo or video every day 
at a specific time in exchange for viewing similar posts by friends. TikTok has also recently started interrupting the flow of videos in the most commonly used part of the app, the For You page, and badgering users to follow accounts all of a sudden that have recently followed them again to create those social connections that Instagram has embedded organically. So now it's regularly asking users for access to their phone contacts and it's kind of creepy, but they really want people to connect with their friends on TikTok. Yeah, collectively, these and other recent tweaks that TikTok's made to the app, they represent a stepping up of its efforts to promote social connections between users, which is something that Instagram has historically done very well. Those features could help the company keep its audience more engaged with the app in a time where TikTok's gangbusters growth is, I don't know, kind of cooled off. But these additions could also lessen TikTok's distinctiveness from other apps over time. It'd be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, is this a quick detour in TikTok's innovation streak? Or is it a sign that kind of like Snapchat and definitely Instagram, they're starting to run out of steam a bit? There is another big copycat story happening right before our eyes. The Apple AirPods and the future of Bluetooth headphones. Yeah, once again, Apple has become a market maker by forcing everyone to switch to Bluetooth headphones instead of these classic wired headphones that we were all used to just a couple of years ago. That story and more after a quick break. Okay, so we're discussing Apple's market-making move to remove the headphone jack a couple years ago on iPhones and instead start to force customers to buy these new AirPods. Well, our team at Apple has worked so hard to create something new that delivers on the opportunity of how good a wireless experience can be. And they've worked hard to deal with the challenges that have been left there and no one has taken on. So that is why today we are so excited to show you a new product from Apple called Apple AirPods. That was from the Apple event announcing the AirPods back in 2016. That same event, they got up on stage and announced the iPhone 7 to the world, which was the first iPhone ever with, courageously, no headphone jack. What they also had just conveniently rediscovered was that selling people the solution to a problem that you had created is a brilliant way to make a ton of money on top of already making a ton of money. Yeah, it's no secret that Apple makes most of its profit from the iPhone and the ecosystem of services and products that surround it. And let's not forget those dongles. They're a goldmine. That's right. And the AirPods are a perfect example of this. People love them, and it's not hard to see why. They're convenient, they look cool, and they work seamlessly with Apple devices. And it's not just the AirPods themselves that are making money for Apple. They've also released the AirPods Pro, a wireless charging case, in total, it's estimated that Apple's made around $8 billion from the AirPod. And it's no wonder other tech companies, they're taking notice, right? So now we've got Google, OnePlus, Amazon, and of course, Samsung. They've all released their own wireless earbuds now in an attempt to cash in on the trend. Yeah, but it's not just about copying the AirPods. Those companies are also following Apple's lead by removing the headphone jack from their smartphone because face it, who's using wired earbuds anyway, right? The headphone jack is quickly becoming a thing of the past, and as more and more consumers upgrade to smartphones without a headphone jack, the market for wireless earbuds, it's going to continue to grow. And that's not just about the earbuds themselves either. I mean, these companies are offering a range of accessories and services that go along with them. 
such as wireless charging cases, subscription-based services for music and podcasts. That's right. The success of the AirPods has sparked a whole new trend in the tech industry, and we can expect to see more and more wireless earbuds and related products hitting the market in the coming years. So it looks like the AirPods have paved the way for a new generation of wireless headphones, and because of that, usual suspects are following suit and copying them. When we think of this copycat mentality as either stifling innovation or promoting it, it reminds me of the Shanzai industry in China. Sanjai is a Chinese neologism that means fake. Originally coined to describe knockoff cell phones marketed under such names as Nikkor and Samsung. Shenzai mobile phones started their life around 15 years ago as forgeries of famous brands such as Nokia and Samsung. They looked just exactly the same. They were sold at half or even a third or even less of the price of the branded product under names that reminded people of the original. The ecosystem grew rapidly and by 2010, it was producing 200 million phones annually and was responsible for a quarter of the global mobile phone market. In order to deal with the intense competition, Sanjai phone producers made many innovations. Sanjai mobile phones had at least two SIM cards at times. This may not be an award-winning design, but it effectively addressed the needs of the Chinese consumers who often use an additional local number when they travel. This was one of the early innovations that the Sanjai market produced faster than the original. Then mobile phones started popping up with loud music speakers, terrestrial television, even a telescopic lens attached to the camera. One of them could also recognize fake money. Due to all those inventions, Shenzai phones were not simply forgeries in terms of function and design. They were hardly inferior to the originals. A world where everything is remixed and ideas are built on top of each other seamlessly without worry of copyright infringement, it's kind of cool. And today, the Shenzai market has its own supply chain, all the way down to custom hardware. Here's a clip from a Wired UK story discussing the core ecosystem around Shenzai hardware. The companies were able to access very easily the two basic components that you need to make a phone. One is the Goomban, which is basically a printed circuit board, and the other one is the Gummo, which is basically the shell. So there were companies specializing in making Goomban and Gummo that had slots for those printed circuit boards that were very easily accessible by, by companies. There are companies such as World Peace Industrial, WPI, that spend millions to produce what they call Gangban, or public board. They develop around 130 Gangbans annually in areas ranging from smartphones, tablets, smartwatches, smart homes, industrial controls, and they distribute the designs for free but they make money selling components for the board. And the acceptance and even the excitement for the concept of Sanzai is deeply rooted in cultural value system where the West, we value the origin, right? The first creator of something where in the East, the value is often given to the craft itself. Artists, for instance, they have to make a name for themselves if they're able to reproduce a famous work of art so that they're able to fool collectors into thinking it's an original. At that point, both pieces of work carry the same value because the craftsmanship is identical. Here's a segment from that same Wired UK story on the value system that helps to drive Shenzai. In the West, there's an idea that I can have a company that produces nothing, has a ton of patents, but produces money by suing everyone for rights to those patents. You don't even have inventors, you have lawyers making money off of buying intellectual property and trading it. That's weird, right? It's kind of weird that you produce nothing but make a lot of money. 
The idea that you can take an idea in a world that's this big and say exactly one person owns the right to it globally. Like Apple has the right to the phone with rounded rectangles. They're the only people who can produce that. Really? Like seriously? This is the world we're going to live in? Like we just give people monopolies through the IP system for 20 years for stupid ideas because they were first to file. That made sense back in the day when there were fewer people, less innovators, a less connected world. Now we have like this network of people where like we're empowered to do our things and we can almost trade our creativity. And China's ecosystem is this network ecosystem of an idea for an idea. Like let's let's trade. Now you realize your place in the ecosystem is I need other people around me. You can't be a dick to like all the other guys around you just because you have the patent monopoly in this thing. Someday you're going to be on the bottom side of the chain and you're going to need other people's help. And so you build networks of collaborations with people by sharing in this open source philosophy. And in many ways, it's a precursor to the coming economy that's enabled by, say, DAOs and Web3, but also this copycat mentality among social media companies. Something is really happening. Companies are realizing the importance of having new ideas and being different. So many companies who were involved in the Shanghai before are now looking at design. They are now looking at how to develop innovation in their own companies. The model that is being developed in Shenzhen can actually be quite threatening in other parts of the world. And it's not uh, surprising that many American companies are now looking at models that are developed in China to see how they can adjust themselves. And while Shenzhen started as this hacker and maker ecosystem, it's now being driven by the connected global economies that we see on Amazon and Walmart.com and direct-to-consumer advertising through Instagram. The same manufacturers that are making all of our iPhones and high-end audio products, they're all now producing their own brands, and they're able to move faster than the global brands when it comes to innovation. Here's a clip from that Wired UK story featuring the owner of a product company who manufactures Harman Carmen and JBL audio products and has built an innovative design studio to actually move faster than his customers. We have a lot of opportunity here. I think our focus should be let's create a quality product and, and you could be proud and say this is made in China. So if you can just focus on that new technology to focus on a branding and to focus on the quality, and I think within the next five years, people have different perspective of made in China. There is so much more about this fascinating ecosystem. If you're looking for more, there's a, a great book by Bong Chul Han um, titled Shanzai, which walks through the history of Shanzai dating back hundreds of years and how the value systems diverged between the East and the West that makes the style of collaboration possible and valued. This may be a blueprint for the future, a world where makers have more power than, you know, the lawyers and values not derived from the ownership of an idea like a rectangular device with round corners, but the execution and the innovation of that idea. Yeah, so what will the future hold? Well, we'll see. And speaking of the future, that will wrap us up for today. So we'll be back here next Thursday with more product stories. For Michael Saka, I'm Mike Belsito, and this is Rocketship.fm. 
Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. This episode was mixed and mastered by Court Deans. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.